Hey, everybody. Happy Super Bowl Sunday. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, so I'm not thrilled about this Super Bowl either way, but I did grow up in the South Jersey region across the bridge from Philadelphia, so Philly is one of my favorite cities in the world, frankly, and I am going to root for the Eagles today and hope that they beat those Kansas City Chiefs. So good luck to the Eagles and uh, enjoy your day. Be safe. If you drink, don't drive. Take an Uber. Today we're going to talk about this new catalyst study that frankly just blew my mind. Uh, It was featured on Morning Joe, Know Your Value. Check it out on MSNBC or just Google the new catalyst survey on racism in the workplace around women of color. It's stunning. It's upsetting. Not surprising to me. Uh, We're going to get into that today. It's Black History Month. Let's talk about it. Hey, everybody, this is Sophia, and um, happy Self-Care Sunday. Happy Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, You know that uh, it's Black History Month. And as I shared with you um, last week when we kicked off Black History Month with our first podcast of February, um, we're going to devote this month to talking about issues affecting the African-American community. We're going to have on guest um, thought leaders in the African-American community And um, I wanted to talk about today something that is very near and dear to my heart. Frankly, I'm disappointed in where we are right now in the United States on our race relations. And um, things aren't getting better. They're getting worse. I don't like the way we talk to each other. I don't like the way we talk about one another. Corporations are cutting diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, programs, uh, particularly Uh, in big corporate that had ironically pledged during the uh, Black Lives Matter protest and the national and global focus on the George Floyd murder uh, to triple their spends, to do more to outreach to communities of color, to invest more in education and training in urban areas, uh, to uh, minimize and to try to make some gains against the racial wealth gap and the equity gap uh, that exists in corporate America. And I'm, I want to get into this because it's very layered and we're going to have to do a number of podcasts around this because it, it fits into some other things that I'm passionate about and concerned about right now. And that has to do with just everything you see right now in the United States of America around the culture divide, the race divides, you the use of terms like uh, wokeism and uh, reverse racism and um, our white brothers and sisters uh, being able to shut down history uh, like in Florida when they don't like it, when they don't want AP courses to be taught around African-American studies. I was an African-American studies minor. We called it an Afros minor back then. But Black history is American history. If you didn't know, now you know. Um, And you should know this. And you can't divorce history from uh, what it was. Uh, You can only look at it through the lens of where we are now and try to learn and take away those lessons that force us to have courageous conversations, that force us to deal with one another, and that force us to never again go backwards. You know, One of the things I love about my Jewish brothers and sisters is, um, you know, when we have Holocaust remembrance or uh, any of the days where we reconsider and rethink and review the horror 
of what was perpetrated against Jewish people during World War II. But, you know, there was a long lead up to the atrocities at Auschwitz and in um, other places where Jewish people were marched off to camps and eventually murdered, uh, whether shot uh, or put into ovens. It makes me sick to say it. And the world stood by and watched for a long time as Hitler did his evil and made excuses as to why it couldn't be involved and looked the other way. And the United States should have gotten involved. Other countries should have gotten involved. God bless Winston Churchill. He saw it coming and sounded the alarm and people told him to sit down and you had the Neville Chamberlains, the appeasers. And I see those same characters showing up in the 21st century for the evils that are going on in our world. You know, before I get into this conversation about what's happening to women of color in the workplace, which is, again, not something new uh, from my standpoint, um, I wrote a book about it in 2010, as you know, Black Woman Redefined, my first book. And uh, that first book uh, was uh, groundbreaking. It was uh, a book that uh, I will always consider my baby because it was my first it was um, award-winning. It was featured in every national and major outlet there was. It launched my um, career as a speaker in diversity, equity, and inclusion long before it became the powerhouse that it is now in terms of uh, being something that every corporation buys into, universities, etc. But again, I want to get into this because it's very layered and it's very complex and we need to break it apart because diversity, equity, and inclusion, or in Virginia, my governor calls it diversity, opportunity, uh, and inclusion. Um, and we should uh, focus, though, on Black History Month on these issues because they're present of mind um, everywhere in our politics, in our academia, in our workplaces, in our churches, in our communities. You know, if you watch the State of the Union address, the president um, had an address and then there was a response and Republican Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders of Arkansas gave the response. And she really went in on this culture of quote unquote wokeism that she called it in. Uh, what's happening um, in this country from her lens that there is really a reverse racism going on against white Americans. And I soundly reject that. I think it's utterly ridiculous. Uh, but I can see how people like her would get there. Because when you're ignorant of history and you refuse to learn history, you know, uh, to my white listeners, I love you and you know that. And I am fair and I uh, always do my best to speak the truth and be even handed. And, you know, if I see injustices or wrongs being done to anybody, I'm going to call them out. But this new fragility, this new um, offended, this new I'm unsafe, this new I can't hear it or it'll upset me is ridiculous. And it's not America. You know, I would offer again to my white brothers and sisters, try being black one day in the United States or one week or one month. Of course, you can't because you're not. So how dare you tell us what our experience is or how we should respond to it or what it does to us from a physical and emotional wellness place. Studies coming out in the journals, the Harvard Medical Journal, the, the American Medical Journal, um, studies being done, brain scans, being done on the trauma caused to children of racism um, and how that couples with uh, the conditions of racism. 
I am one who not only believes racism is systemic, and I'm going to talk about that in a moment, but this catalyst study that I want to get into about women of color and specifically black women and what they're experiencing in the corporate workplace, again, is not a surprise to me. I'm disappointed that it hasn't changed in the over the decade plus since I wrote Black Woman Redefine, dispelling myths and discovering fulfillment in the age of Michelle Obama because that study that we did uh, back then gave insights into what professional Black women were dealing with relationally, in the workplace, spiritually, personally. You know, I'm a part of a generation of Black women uh, who are Gen Xers, who are now in their 40s and 50s, who a large number of us, in fact, the majority of us that have bachelor's degrees or hires, and God forbid you have a master's or a JD or a medical degree, uh, over 70% of us, 70%, the Yale study and my study in Black Women Redefined over a decade ago found this data to be true, that... um, Over 70% of us, 67% in my study, 70% in the Yale study, uh, were unmarried. And of that number, as you fast forward, over 50% of us never got married and didn't have children. Not by choice, but by circumstance. Um, Again, layered and complicated. But I want to get into this a little bit today because I want to talk to black women listeners. But for all of you who listen, this is important because if you're a corporate leader, a C-suite leader, an industry leader, an academic leader, wherever you sit, you deal with African-American women as colleagues, as peers, as your students, as your workers, your staffers, uh, your executives. And you need to understand that we do have a unique journey. And looking at this Catalyst study, and again, I want to encourage you, please go Google it. Um, It's being spotlighted on MSNBC's Know Your Value platform. My friend Mika Brzezinski, thank you for Uh, what you do uh, in the world, Mika, uh, because it matters. And 51% of the respondents uh, in this new survey uh, research that was um, commissioned by Catalyst, which is uh, a leading organization for corporate women and talking about the C-suite, the workplace boards, et cetera, and what women experience in the workplace, a fabulous organization, um, And I want to get some of them on. I've just been uh, overwhelmed with a lot on my plate, so I haven't had a chance to really reach out to get guests, but I promise you I will make that happen. This study is is troubling because it talks about there's an an open, naked kind of racism of being perpetuated in the workplace. Again, not too dissimilar from what I experienced coming up um, in the, the very late 1980s, early 1990s through the mid 90s. I was often the only person in my workplace who looked like me, particularly on Capitol Hill, particularly being a center-right Republican, moderate Republican woman. um, I was always the only one. And I've talked about this in The Woman Code. I've talked about it in Black Woman Redefined. uh, But if the walls could talk about the things I know and the things I saw and the things I experienced, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. And so some of the stories that I tell and share in books like The Woman Code and Black Woman Redefined, I cover up identities and names because if I called them, you'd be appalled. And the racism and the sexism that black women experience, it's its both. It's not one or the other. You know, uh, black women have both the race burden and the gender burden. If you're a white woman, you are still white. If you are a black man, you are still a man. And for black women and women of color, 
we have those double negatives. And you see it happening at Google where a black woman was talking about the conditions in the workplace. They fired her. I have mentees and protégés that I mentor and, and sponsor and talk to and uh, try to encourage and give them EIQ skills and work with them. They're filing lawsuits and they're dealing with discrimination and pay and how they're treated and how they're advanced. And I'm horrified, frankly, because I really thought we were making progress. And so I think what I want to say to you today is a couple things. Number one, I want to say that to you corporate leaders out there, diversity, equity, and inclusion has to mean something or don't do it. If you're not serious about transparency, about how people are paid across race and gender for the same positions, if you're not making sure that your leaders have financial either penalties or they get financial incentives for uh, really making diversity, equity, and inclusion count in your workplace, in your college, in your uh, nonprofits and industry, then you're not serious. Just having commercials uh, during the Super Bowl saying hate's not welcome here and we all love each other is kumbaya bullshit. If you're not serious about advancing and training uh, women of color, then you're not serious because women of color make up a large portion of the workforce, particularly black women, and particularly in the government and in industry, in middle management jobs, not so much upper or C-suite. But again, I need you to read this Catalyst survey and we're going to unpack it on a another podcast because I'm either going to get Mika on here or somebody from Forbes or somebody from Know Your Value to talk about this with us. And I don't want to just unpack it myself, but I wanted to, at a high level, encourage you to dig into this and see how corporate America has backed up and run away from its commitments made during the George Floyd era and not funded, not done what they committed to do uh, to be good corporate citizens. You know, I'm going to end my podcast today with this because, again, we're going to unpack this in detail another time. But diversity, equity, inclusion is headed in the wrong direction because it has become not a way forward or a roadmap of best practices. It has become a list of do's and don'ts, punishments and consequences uh, when people who don't know, who are sincerely trying to know, who are uh, you know, I've certainly gotten myself in trouble several times on the issue of LGBTQ+, because like most Americans like me, I don't know the language. I don't know the nuances. I don't know what I'm supposed to say and not supposed to say. And so instead of attacking one another and punishing one another and destroying one another's careers, why not learn to educate, to sit at the table of humanity and have conversation and be able to find places where we can agree and how we can move forward and work forward and um, help lift one another. Um, I want to be unequivocal about this. Um, I support diversity, equity, and inclusion, uh, diversity, opportunity, inclusion programs. Again, if they mean something, not if they're window dressing and if they're advancing smart, talented, good people across the board, because the more diverse your workplace, the more diverse your police force, the more diverse your first responders are, the more diverse your corporation is or your college is, uh, the better you will be because you will have all perspectives, 
all lenses and all viewpoints. And that's what we should encourage. But instead, DEI has become a way to uh, shut others down, still others' voices, shut down other points of view. And that's not what diversity, equity, and inclusion are about or should be about. And so what companies are doing in a cancel culture world is they're opting out. They're saying, we won't participate anymore because it causes too much backlash. We're upsetting everybody. Nobody's happy. Uh, Our white workers feel like they're being forced, like it's being shoved down their throat. Our black workers, our LGBTQ plus workers, et cetera, uh, don't feel like we're going far enough. And so we can't win. And then we all lose because then nobody's heard. Um, The progress that we've made gets stalled and stopped because the majority will always have the power, folks. And if we're in a world now where if we say something about accurate history, if we talk about Emmett Till, if we talk about the civil rights movement, and we talk about Jim Crow, if we talk about segregation, if we talk about slavery, and we talk about the effects and the odious legacy of those things, that somehow we are teaching white children to hate themselves or making our white neighbors uncomfortable in our school curricula, we failed. Because history is something we should never run from. A great nation doesn't run from our history, whether it's of the Confederacy, whether it's of slavery, whether it's of lynching, whatever it is, we need to talk about it and we need to dig into it and we need to discuss it and we need to teach it as a way forward. Like I began this conversation with the Holocaust, because when we do that and when we refuse to forget and when we are intentional about remembering We change history going forward and we change the way we relate to one another and we stop evil at its beginning. Look, I don't believe that we've done near enough to stop Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin is a monster. He's evil. He's Hitler incarnate. And what he's done to the Ukrainian people, the atrocities and NATO, you know, we're sending weapons, we're sending copters, we're sending planes, we're doing all this stuff, but we're not in it, boots on the ground. And if President Nelson were involved, uh, be a different world, because not only would I be rallying NATO that we need to be in as coalition partners and admit Ukraine to NATO, but we need to have boots on the ground and be helping them. And we should be in, in, in Putin's face saying, we dare you. Because if you dare even threaten chemical or nuclear weapons, we're going to wipe you off the face of the earth. So you better back up. And we're not doing that. And it means we haven't learned the lessons of fascism and authoritarianism and the evil that man is capable of against his fellow man. And so coming back to this catalyst survey, I want you to read it. I want leaders in the workplace to discuss it. It's Black History Month. Next month is Women's History Month. Have people like me and Mika come and talk to you and Catalyst Leaders and the Forbes Women's Project and uh, Higher Heights with Glenda Carr and others who are having these conversations and trying to find a way forward so that black women and women of color can have equal pay for equal work, that we can have equal opportunity at the table, that we are not the only one in the room. And when we are, we're marginalized and we're run out of the room. God, have I been in that situation too many times. Um, Let's focus forward and let's remember that women of color are women too. You know, I was watching Morning Joe the other morning and Mika had on six of the female governors. They were all white. 
And it was very disappointing to me as a black woman that in the year 2023, we have no black female governors. Stacey Abrams has tried twice. She didn't succeed. Somebody will succeed at some point. And people have said to me, Sophia, why don't you run for governor of Virginia at some point? I'm not interested in being governor of Virginia. It's just, um, it's a one-term governorship. It's not a strong governorship. Uh, but I am interested in running uh, for office in the Commonwealth and will do so um, in the near future. But I can tell you that it's harder for women of color. They don't have the funding. Um, often in primaries, they won't get the support. You have to raise tens of millions of dollars to be a governor or a senator or a member of Congress. And so we need to do a better job uh, to our white sisters of making sure that you lift as you climb. And I'm always happy when our sisters, regardless of their color, are successful and achieve high office. But I'm dismayed to see how far behind black women still are. And so I want to dig into this more next week. Um, I'm going to get some guests on so we can really break this study down. But I wanted to focus your attention on it because it lets me know that we're not headed in the right direction and we need to do better and we need to focus forward and make sure that women of color are included uh, for real, not just window dressing, but for real. Uh, we have a great talent pool. Black women have earned PhDs, masters, JDs, doctoral degrees at every level and still are a rarity in corporate and industry. Uh, we show up in HR. We show up, uh, the Fortune 500, there are what, 53 women CEOs and one black one, Rosalind Brewer of uh, Walgreens, my sorority sister. And we have to do better. So again, thank you to Know Your Value for spotlighting this and Catalyst and Forbes uh, for bringing it to our attention. Um, if you haven't picked up a copy of Black Woman Redefine, you should. We're going to retire the book and the publisher is doing a 50% off sale and you can get it, of course, on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. But uh, you should look at that during Black History Month. We'll share a promo for you. And uh, just thank you for listening today. But we're going to dig into this more, I promise, next week. Uh, women of color matter. We're people too. And uh, we're hardworking. We're loyal. We're industrious. Uh, and we have a voice and we have a lens that I think needs to be considered much more often than it is. Um, happy Super Bowl Sunday. Happy Sunday. Take care of yourselves. God bless you and God bless the United States of America.